Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome, welcome everybody. It is the Georgia Show Sunday night edition. Georgia just beat Kentucky last night. Pretty bad. 51-13. Georgia poured it on, put together a complete game. Everybody's fired up about it. We're going to talk about that and a lot more. It's the Georgia Show. Let's get rolling. Better never rest. Wes is uh, exploring uh, outer space. Uh, he got a uh, he got on one of those missions to where he's uh, he's somewhere out around Mars. Now Wes is uh, Wes is off tonight. He's uh, he's got some. Uh, He's having some fun with some buddies this weekend, and we support that 100%. Um, but we are doing the Georgia show with or without him, and uh, I'm sure that's the way he would want it. Uh, Rusty Palmer on with me tonight. We're going to talk about that 51-13 win Georgia picked up over Kentucky. And, Rusty, it was fueled by a fast start. Georgia scores 14 points in the first quarter. They had scored 17 points in the first quarter in the first five games. What do you think went into it? You know, I really think this kind of the momentum of that second half at Auburn. You know, I really think that they kind of used that. And, and, and you know, I like to say that, Jake, you and I both said it kind of looked like the light cut on for everybody, not just Carson Beck, but for everybody. You're in a situation like that. You're down the road. You fumble the ball first play, second half. All the momentum's against you. You kind of keep your composure. Kirby Smart uses that word. You circle the wagons, and, and you just get together and get going. And, uh, 
Uh, when you go eight for 13 on third downs, I don't care who you are, um, as a quarterback in his first ever road environment, and then you come back to a game in Athens, you're used to this. It's a big environment. It's a night game. And, um, you know, I think the offensive line, we'll dig into, I think the offensive line played their best game of the year by far. And they gave Carson Beck time. And, man, he just looks – you're starting to see those little tendencies with him. And, man, he looks comfortable. He doesn't have happy feet. He's going through his progressions. I went back and watched the replay today. I mean, he's looking – he's scanning the field, one, two, three, letting the thing – he's turning it loose. And uh, I had somebody kind of in the industry that I, I trust, and he, and he texted me and he said, man, Carson is not making any bad throws. And I thought about that. and. Everything that he threw was in, in a good window or it was the right receiver. You know what I mean? He had a tip ball for interception and it happened. But, I mean, he was so dialed in. And, and, and those types of things, you just don't flip the switch on a Saturday night. That That's when you walk into the film room Sunday night and Monday morning and you kind of know your plan and know where you're at and you're feeling confident. Man, there ain't no doubt about it. And, and you know, you – Carson Beck didn't make his first mistake in that game until Georgia had it well in hand and he tried to force something probably yep. with the yep. situation in mind. Yep. Um, but again, if you're sitting there talking about a quarterback that makes one mistake a game, um, you're, you're probably talking about a quarterback that's playing really, really well. Palmer, you got any sort of different take on that, uh, on, on the fast start? Yeah. I mean, to me, I think as you look at um, that, that first drive and, and this picture's from it, the 40 yard score to Marcus Roseme, Jack Saint, to me, it, Georgia got Carson on the move, and I think that that gets him comfortable. Um, you know, as, as much as we say that he's not a, a mobile quarterback, he's not a running threat. We um, don't say that. We don't say that. That's kind of the, the reputation around the, the fan base. Right. Truthfully. Yeah, but we, we've seen enough. No, this guy's not a statue now. Well, and I mean, on that first drive, he took off for a first down, um, a, a key play. one to keep it going. And so, you know, whether it's a rollout, um, you know, taking off and, and picking up and moving the chains by himself. Carson, I think, gets comfortable. We heard it a lot with Stetson over the last couple of years. He didn't feel comfortable until he took that first hit. He didn't feel like he was playing football until, you know, there there was some contact there. It may be true with Carson Beck, too, because they, they get him moving, um, you know, rolling out, finding receivers. Seven plays, 75 yards. It reminded me a lot of the six-play, 75-yard drive that they had last time that they were at home, last time they started the game with the ball, uh, and that was against UAB. So I, I think that, you know, that they've got some receivers here, um, you know, and, and it's not necessarily guys that we thought would be the, the major contributors. You know, we looked at Dominic Lovett early in the season and the way that he was playing – uh, Lab McConkey, obviously, you know, being the leading returning receiver, um, you know, Brock Bowers is, is a huge part of this offense and we'll get to that later. But um, Marcus Rosamy, Rara Thomas, those guys are coming along and, um, you know, it's it's interesting that they're finding a way to get, keep both of them out there at the same time when they've got such similar body types and similar skill sets. You know, I see in the comments, uh, Matthew C bringing it up about the kind of throw in the wind thing. Um, don't look now, guys, but Georgia Georgia leads the SEC in pass attempts per game. Um, Georgia has thrown the ball more than they've run it three straight games. This is not some kind of they figured something out against South against uh, I'm sorry against Kentucky. Uh, Georgia's thrown the ball more than they've run it on first down this year. Um, that that never that didn't happen. I can't remember the last time that happened. 
I mean, I, I know that last couple of years it's been 60%, 55% or better run on first down. So, I mean, I thought the game plan was was really, really strong. I thought, listen, when it comes to offensive coordinators, offensive, you know, play, plan over play calling every single day of the week. Every single day of the week. I think fans put way too much – and this is with Todd Munkin too. You put way too much um, – emphasis on the play column because so much of what happens on the field is about a decision. A quarterback's got two or three, sometimes more than that, things that he can do when he steps behind that, you know, behind that snapper. All right. And and he there's a lot of different things he can do. And I thought Georgia did a great job of coming into that game and understanding, all right, Kentucky is very, very aggressive. They're very aggressive. And as soon as Georgia got them in a second and short, boom. They went for the shot play, and that is that was the exact shot play with the exact same reaction from the Kentucky defense that Florida missed early in that game. I think Florida was actually down seven nothing when it missed the deep over route like that, one that probably had a chance to score um, to uh, to that Pearsall kid that they've got their, their best receiver. And uh, you know, uh, kudos to Carson Beck on that throw because that's one where you can kind of put it up high and let him go get it, and he has to leave his feet and uh, and come down with it on his backside, and, and he's just down, and it's just a chunk game. Uh, but he he laid it in there perfect. Rosamie Jack Saint caught it on the run, did the rest. Um, you move to the second drive, because we've seen Georgia score on the first drive this year. Well, you go to the second drive, I mean, they couldn't be stopped there either. And Ra-Ra Thomas makes a play. And Rusty, what a hell of a play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Rusty, you yeah. and I talked about this today when we were on the phone. You know, Ra-Ra Thomas and the emergence there, you know, you were talking weeks ago, South Carolina game, um, about getting him more involved. We know Mike Bobo loves that back shoulder throw. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that is a weapon. That is a third down. I mean, you see, you saw Auburn go to it on third down. You saw, um, you saw South Carolina go to it on third down. When you've got a guy that's got ball skills that you can say, all right, run the nine route, and if you got a step, we'll we'll fit it in, and if and if he's in your that hip is, pocket, I mean, that, that picture is unbelievable right there. Yeah, and if he's in your hip pocket, we'll catch it. We'll, we'll catch you on the back shoulder, and mm-hmm. that's it's almost unstoppable if you can execute it right. And I honestly believe that going forward, I don't think it has to be this good. But Aaron Murray had a connection with Tavares King and Malcolm Mitchell in 2012 on that that almost made Georgia unstoppable on third down. And I think that's something that who who who, who was that Jake Fromm do that with? Was it Javon? Jeremiah Holloman? No, no. Uh, when? When? Yeah, he had to, yeah him yeah, and Mims yeah. did too. And then in 2018, yeah. 2018 he had something with Holloman, and yeah. Holloman was so elite as an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. I remember he caught one against South Carolina where he reached back and got it and was able to stay in bounds and the DB fell down and he turned the back shoulder throw into like a 60 yard touchdown. Yeah. It was, it was something crazy like that. So, you know, Georgia's got something brewing there, man. I really do believe that kind of connection between Carson Beck and Ra-Ra Thomas. And then and all of a sudden you look last year and they couldn't get an X receiver healthy. They yeah. couldn't get a split in mm. healthy for nothing. Now they've well, got two really good ones. And, and I found it interesting. I, I wrote about this in rest and react today because it caught my attention was Kirby was asked about Ra-Ra and, the game that he had, and he said, this is the guy that has the biggest ability to change our offense. And and that stood out to me. I mean, this is a guy that they brought in out of the transfer portal, prioritized, um, you know, had high hopes for, took a little bit longer than maybe a lot of people expected, you know, and, and I think 
transitioning out of that air raid offense that he was in at Mississippi State into a more pro style traditional offense at, at Georgia. Um, you know, he had a lot to learn there, but um, you know, to to have a guy that has emerged like this and to have those kind of comments about him, that says a lot about what they really think about Rod Rod Thomas. Yeah, no, they, didn't, no. they, they didn't bring Rod Rod Thomas in to to sit on the bench. You know, let's, yep. let, let's be, you know, and has it taken them a little while? Yes, it has. But, you know, uh, I, I think Georgia's hand got forced in that South Carolina game in the second half. They were down and they couldn't play around. They were down 11 and it was time to go. And what what he knows is what he knows. And he had to give him the game and, you know, I just think, you know, Jake's right there. This this is a guy that can continue to take this step forward because there's so much attention on Brock Bowers. Um, you know, so much attention on him every play. You have to identify him. Everybody has to know where he is. It leaves a lot of one-on-ones on the outside uh, with this guy because safeties are usually bracketing this guy. And, um, you know, Rod Rod Thomas, you see that you see that ball placement there. Number one is great by Carson Beck. He only threw it one place that, that my guy can catch it. But you see the length there, and that DB is not in a bad spot. He's just not long enough. He just can't get his hand up, you know, there. And, you know, rah, rah, that's, that is a picture-perfect uh, ball skills right there. Can you turn? Can you make a play on the ball running full speed and get your foot down? And he did it. No doubt about it. And, and I think that that's something for Georgia fans to be excited about, not just for him. Um, because he's he's going to get more and more, you know, knowledgeable, integrated, second nature in this offense. The more practice he gets, George's got a bye week coming up after Vanderbilt. Um, he, he's going to learn more. He's going to get better. Carson Beck's going to get better. Dominic Lovett's going to do more. Lad McConkie's going to get in better shape and be a bigger part of the offense. The passing game is something that is really kind of it's, – it's, it's clicking. It's great. Georgia's the second best passing offense in the SEC right now in terms of yards per game and, and right there in the top two or three – in in yards per attempt but there's still meat left on the bone because Georgia's still not firing on all cylinders when it comes to getting everybody up to date in the offense and everybody healthy um what in a west blankenship style uh you know uh transition here what does click on all cylinders is gametime.co uh game time listen this is a great app um this is i've used it you know jake roos we've we both you know on the on on bark after dark we've both told you Bar, this this app is so um, intuitive. It's so user-friendly. Um, one of the things I love about it is, and I talk about this every time, you get to see yourself in the actual stadium. It's not an empty stadium. You get to kind of see what the action looks like. Obstructed views, not obstructed views. If you're looking to go to Vanderbilt this weekend, uh, it, you know, Palmer and I will be there. If you're looking to be in the Music City and, uh, and to try and get tickets to that game, it's usually not very difficult for Georgia fans to get tickets to a Vanderbilt game. Um, you know, there are usually some there. Georgia has a little bit of a habit of taking this thing over. Um, God knows Bulldog fans love a party. And uh, there, there should be one this weekend. Vanderbilt, Georgia is the, uh, depending on where you look, 31 and a half, 32 and a half point favorite. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, you'd like to see them kind of keep it rolling. There's some good tickets for good prices there. But this app, download it, go check it out, um, pick your ticket out, buy it, and listen, uh, terms apply here, but if you use the promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, um, you get $20 off your first order, and uh, that works out extremely well for everybody. 
uh, because that's a it's a good way to uh, get you a little discount. Grab a couple tickets, grab a couple tickets, and you get a uh, you get a discount on both of them there. So, GameTime.co, download the app, um, fire away, um, get you some tickets to this one. Get some tickets to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I refuse to call it anything else here in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Georgia is uh, back home to host Missouri um, in uh, November, and uh, that'll be another uh, fun game. Uh, listen, we we mm-hmm. talked about the game and we talked about uh, the fast start, but guys, how does Rusty? How does Georgia continue to f- get Brock Bowers wide open? Uh, to me. That is a bigger – that's a bigger reason and a bigger feather in Mike Bobo's cap yep. than anything else because for some reason they keep getting that cat in all sorts of space. Well, you can't double-team him every play because you'll get lit up. You know, you just can't do that. So there's going to be multiple plays where he's going to be one-on-one. There's got there's going to be reads. There's going to be eyes. And can you manipulate a zone? Uh, can he sit down in a zone and, and back get it to him? Last night they handed it off to him. Last night they ran a, a little little reverse with him. Ran a direct uh, snap to then him. Then then they went ran a wildcat to him. Uh, that little seam route, you know, for that second touchdown, it, they motioned and it and it made it made him go one on one and he got up the seam and you know Carson hit him. So he, you he just stre- listen. He just stresses you. I mean, I, I can't imagine as a defensive coordinator trying to sit there during the week and say, how are we going to do it? Because we don't have a linebacker that can run with this guy. We don't, You know, he's kind of a mismatch for a safety. Um, here's the thing, man, that people don't talk about enough with him is his blocking. Uh, is he Darnell Washington? He's not. But the damn dude blocks, and, mm-hmm. and, and he doesn't tip. You know what I mean? Like, if he's attached to the end, it doesn't mean they're not going to run in behind him. You know, it's not. he's not trying to get – leverage for a, uh, a a route there and um that that's that's what makes him so valuable is because of uh you see the the the, the tree trunks there the dude's got and that, that that breaks a lot of tackles from that guy but mike bobo being really really creative with him um you know uh, somebody we're all familiar with randy mcmichael you know big time georgia uh, you know, tied in. It played almost 11 years in NFL. They used a lot of different things with him. So he's had, you know, he's he's had tight ends before uh, that they've they've had special players. Uh, obviously, Brock Bowers one of the best ever to play at Georgia. But you still, at the end of the day, you find these guys ways to be creative to give them the ball. And when you're one on one with Brock Bowers, you kind of got to know um, you better be head on the swivel because the ball could be. I love the tunnel screen to him. They ran it twice last night and. One time they popped it for a good game. Second time they missed a block, but I looked at that. I looked at that play today, and I thought, "Dang, man, you got big trust coming down on you in space, and then you're sitting there and you're trying to. You're worried about trust at six, seven, three twenty-five, three thirty, whatever he is. And then the, the whole time you're thinking, man, I got to get my hands on Brock Bowers to slow him down enough for somebody to help me. That's a lot of stress on somebody in space. Yeah, you're worried about the decision you made to play football at that point. You're worried yes. about, you know, maybe maybe you're, you need to reevaluate your choices um, there a little bit. That tunnel screen is funny. Georgia ran that same play in the national championship game, 2021 national championship game against Alabama. They had it set up perfectly. James Cook was on the fly motion there, kind of pulled a guy out there with him. Uh, Jermaine Burton was kind of running the tunnel screen up underneath and uh, Stetson put it on the money and Will Anderson got a paw on it, knocked it down. It was either him or Dallas Turner. 
and I honestly think that would have gone for six, and and that was, I think, mm. after the Chris Smith interception in that game. Um, if you ever get a chance to go back and look at it, it's the exact didn't same Didn't they play. run the tunnel screen against Alabama in the SEC championship game? No, they no, they, really no, well? no, no, they ran it in Indianapolis, and he scored on it. Remember, that put the game kind of out of reach. Well, no, no, that was that, that actually was an RPO. It was a little oh, out yeah, route. Yeah, a little, yeah. little route. Yeah, a little, yeah, it was a little out route. But they did run a, some sort of screen. I don't know if it was a tunnel. They ran. Yeah. I know Georgia ran it with Kenny McIntosh. Um, and, and shoot, they ran it with Malachi Muse in the first game this year, and he went for 56 yards on it for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, you know, that's uh, that was the old uh, Rusty, you remember this, the old Champ yeah. Bailey. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember yeah. one time Champ Bailey had John Stinchcomb in his hip pocket, one or uh, Matt Stinchcomb in his hip pocket, and I thought he was, uh, I thought he was, he kind of ran in the end zone with him. I said, man, you should have pitched that over and, mm-hmm. and uh, let Stinch get a touchdown. It would have been a nice little lateral. It was just them two running into the end zone. I'll show you my age. Go back to the 1997 Georgia Tech-Georgia game when Georgia had to drive the field to win, and they had it like 30 seconds, and they threw a uh, tunnel screen to Champ Bailey. And you want to see somebody go from zero to 100? Yeah. About three, about three steps? I mean, this dude shot out of a cannon, got about 40 yards, and gave Georgia a miracle, miracle win that day. Yeah, I, I saw him uh... – I saw him live and in person in high school. They moved him to tailback. First week he moved to tailback, plays my Atkinson County High School Rebels, 19 carries, 419 yards, and seven touchdowns. Um, it just uh, – did, uh, did y'all not have Bloody Tuesday before that? that uh, listen, I wasn't playing. <laughs> Thank God I wasn't playing. I was, I was ball boy. I was uh, – I was, you know, I was – Chant was flipping that ball to me on his way back in. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, – that was a crazy game. Palmer, um, something you pointed out to me, uh, after the game, don't look now, but Brock Bowers has uh, six games into the season, 535 yards receiving, and that's 45. with one game where he caught one – 545, right. Uh, that's where uh, – that's with one game where he caught just one pass for three yards. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, Terrence Edwards and, and the the uh, pursuit of, of a 1,000 is, uh, you know, a hot topic and um, – you know, to, to me, I mean, if you take out that, if if Brock Bowers continues to ha- put up five plus receptions a game, I mean, his worst game this year, he had seven receptions for fifty four yards. Outside of that, one for three, um, and, and you know, to me, that's just that's just such an odd stat line for him. And um, you know, so so assume that he's getting fifty yards a game, and Georgia's got you know si- their six games in. Um, you know, if they play 14 is a safe number to say, um, you know, that that's probably assuming an SEC championship and, and, uh, you know, a, at least one postseason game. Um, so, you know, 13 and a half, 14 games, if you're averaging it out, he's got to have, I mean, what they, they've got, I'm trying to do the math here in my head real quick. And, and that's never a good idea. Um, you, I, I'll let you count while I say this. If you, look, if you look at that picture right there, look at the guy in the background that's been over in the khaki shorts. I mean, he is enjoying that touchdown as much as anybody. And I'll say this: I'll hold up. I'll hold up two. I'll hold up two. You got two chances to see number nineteen play between the hedges. You got a Missouri that's game, crazy. and you got an Ole Miss game. You got two chances to say, "I sit in those bleachers and watch that guy play because it is special." It is fun to watch. I said it. I did a little interview on TV last night post game, and I said this: This guy's a superstar. Everybody in the team knows this guy is 
Elvis. He's the rock star of this team. When he scored his touchdown, I was on that end. And I'm telling you, the sideline, the D line jumped up and ran down to get him when he came off the field. That tells you all you need to know about how they feel about that guy and what he does because he doesn't say a lot of words, but they know that number 19 every single day at practice brings it. And on Saturdays, he damn sure brings it. Well, and, and what else speaks volumes, and Jake pointed this out to me as, as we were, you know, re-watching a couple of clips after the game. Um, every time he touches the ball, the stadium erupts. Yeah. Because yeah. because every time – they all know. Everyone, all 93,000 people in those stands know. Every time he touches the ball, there's a chance that it's getting housed. Yeah, um, he, he caught that tunnel screen and only got – that, or the first screen pass he caught, the first catch of the game went for three yards – and as soon as he got his hands on the ball, the crowd went nuts because yeah. they, oh. they they kind of expect something crazy to happen. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you in the press box sometimes like he'll he'll catch a pass and he'll get into a little space and I'll say touchdown. Yeah. Like that's first yeah. thing that it just I, it's involuntary. I, I can't do anything about it. It's just so it just comes right out of my mouth. So I did the math here. Um, not here, mental here math. I'm not a calculator. Here we go. If they've got eight games left, he needs to average 57 yards a game. To hit the thousand yard mark, I hate that. that's, a, that's a lot. If, if, if you take out that one for three game, his worst performance was a seven reception, 54 yard day. Or mm-hmm. if you're doing worst performance in terms of receptions, five receptions, 78 yards. So, yeah. I mean, I, we're talking about a guy, you know, and, and I, I know people want to, you know, see, know what the recruits had to think about this game and, you know, one recruit made it pretty well known on online that, you know, maybe he doesn't want to play in a system with with a tight end that's getting uh, this many catches. Um, this dude's special. This dude's not a tight end. Teams can't treat him that way. I mean, Georgia can't treat him that way. Defenses can't treat him that way. Um, he is a tight end sized player with receiver level talent. Receiver level and ball skills and running back ball level skills, speed. Yeah, yeah. Here, 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 here's the deal. We're not going to get into pointing fingers at a high school kid because I know where we're going with this. Let, let, let me talk about that. If Miami had that kid, he'd have the same, if not yeah. more, targets. It doesn't matter where Brock Bowers is. He's the best player on the team that's not a quarterback. Obviously, Marvin Harrison is a freak, and, and, and it would be – it would be a long discussion. It doesn't matter. Both of those guys are difference makers. But ever how many teams there are in Division One football, if they had Brock Bowers, the day he walked into the room, he would be the number one target. He would be the, the game plan every week. And the focus would be how can we get him the ball, period. So yep. that's, that's that discussion there is just, you know, that's a young kid, and it is what yeah. it is. And, you know, you don't. I get it, and and you know, he's saying stuff about a tight end. It does. It, it, Palmer, you're right. He's not a tight end. He's the best player in college football. That's not a quarterback because quarterbacks impact the game so much. Um, yep. and, and it's either him or Marvin Harrison, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're both super freaks. The okay? fact that we're having that kind of a conversation, yeah, yeah, it, it says yeah. a lot. I mean, yeah. a that we're putting him, Brock Bowers, in the same category as somebody that comes from that kind of a football family, but also B that we're putting a tight end in the same category as a receiver and, and quarterback kind of conversation. I mean, 
look, I, I don't know what he's got to do to get invited to New York. I, I don't think he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, but, I mean, I, I would imagine he's got as good of a shot to get invited to New York as anyone. And, and yeah. I think the, the, the thing that will blow people away, voters away, and Jake and I have had this conversation as well, is that he may not get a bunch of first-place votes. He, he may get no first-place votes. But people will probably have him on their ballots in a second or third place spot just because they are blown away by the, the same thing that we are that a tight end is doing what a tight end what this tight end is doing. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I, I've been doing it for a few years now. I've got a chance to vote for it for a few years, and and the one thing I'm always looking for is, hey, how can I, you know, who who's the who's the best of the who's the best non quarterback like Rusty says, you know, like yeah. hey, who can I put on there? Because listen, all. All three quarterbacks, you go put three quarterbacks on there right now, and honestly, I might have three quarterbacks on there if I had a chance to do it today. You know, Michael Penix and Caleb Williams and, and you know, uh, Shadur Sanders, and, you know, there's some really good, you know, football players in, in, are out there. Um, but, you know, Brock Bowers is – I mean, he's unbelievable. And, you know, again, you look at the last four games since he had that three-catch game, you know, where, honestly, I pray probably wasn't – they're probably trying to save him a little bit, probably trying not to overwork him and – and and whatnot, but um, well over ten targets a game, well yeah. over forty targets in the in the in Georgia's past four games. Is that our guy West checking in there? This is West right there at W A One W. Oh, checking? there he is. Look at here. Look at West on his off night. So. Yeah, just checking in with us. I, I've done it a time or two myself. I've done it a time or two myself. Palmer, <laughs> uh, listen. While we got a chance here, tell him about Bird Dogs. Yeah. Um, look. Bird dogs. Um, as I pull up the Jake, take it away while I pull up the uh, the hey, the listen, my here. man Jake Roos says it, and and I, I listen, I, I agree with him, I agree with him. We'd be we'd be talking good about bird dogs, and whether we whether we wore them or whether we're, they were a sponsor or not. Jake Roos mm-hmm. swears by him, he'd been trying to get me to wear them for years. Um, I finally tell, I finally got a pair, and I'm like, dude, um, uh, you know, the funny thing is, I wear the joggers around the house more than I wear anything else. Those things are, are unbelievable. I, I slept in them one night. I just threw the things on, but you know, that's how comfortable they are. It's getting um, to be that time of year. Yeah, it is. It is. And, uh, you know, it's starting to get a little cool, um, which is nice, but man, listen, they got a beaut- They got a liner on the inside that are at this absolutely you know, unbelievable uh, fits really well. Um, they, they're quick dry. Um, they're so all purpose, got great, you know, multiple color choices there. Um, you know, you can kind of get them at different lengths. Um, it's, it, it, listen, it's, they're, they're the best thing out there. You can throw a belt on with them. If you, you know, you gotta Go try to look golf. a little, yeah, trying to look a little golf. casual, trying to tuck your shirt in, you know, do that kind of thing. You gotta, listen, it's great for a cell phone belt clip. You know, if you got one of them, uh, I saw, I saw a few of them yesterday at the Georgia game. Um, you know, if you got one of them Samsung galaxy note tablet type deals, the 17 inch screen on a phone. Um, I think they could probably hold up for you. Um, you know, you, there, listen, there's a lot of different things these bird dogs can do. Jump on over there. Uh, bird dogs. Hey, is the promo code the same? D-A-W-G-S? D-A-W-G-S. That's it. Dogs. Promo code dogs. And uh, you will get a, uh, a a Hydro Flask style water bottle to go with it. Um, listen, I see the price tag on them. It's steep, but they're durable. Mm. My man, Jake Roos, is, he's been at it longer than most of us have, and he's been wearing them for seven, eight, nine years. I don't even know if he's washed them. Knowing him, he probably hadn't. Um, but uh, there we are, bird no, dogs. I, J- Jake does wash them because he's mm. told us he has enough now that he can 
that he has bird dogs to wear on laundry day. Oh, so, okay. I mean, it, t- he oh, boy, literally we're, takes we're the, the uh, I'd we're wear them I'd, I'd every day if I could. Jake Roos does wear them every day. So. Rusty, uh, big game, ranked matchup at Sanford Stadium. Georgia wins 51-13. Mm-hmm. Who was there to for Georgia to impress? Um, uh, Zayden Walker is a five-star prospect, um, 2025 inside linebacker out of Sly County. I think he is, he is every bit of maybe, maybe the number one inside linebacker in the country next year, multiple visits. And Nazir Johnson was the one we, we were, I was standing there with Jeremy Johnson and this is a Florida commit out of Dublin, Georgia. And, um, yeah, this is a defensive lineman that kind of went viral because he's like six four and a half, like three twenty, and he's standing there and he does this backflip and lands on his feet. That's pretty athletic. And to be honest with you, that's the first time I've ever I've ever I've ever seen him when it went viral. So you know his recruitment picked up. He's he's one of these typical South Georgia kids. You know he he doesn't do a lot of social media. He's not uh, you know he's not out you know doing top twenties and things like that. I mean he just kind of plays football and. At a, at, a, at a place that uh, football means something, Dublin there. And he committed to Florida, and uh, Georgia had him on an unofficial visit uh, back in the spring once or twice, came up with his team, and he camped. Uh, but this was the first time his mother has ever been with him. So she was here last night. We'll have more on that. Uh, you know, we got a got kind of a big deal coming tomorrow, a team piece, recruiting piece that we're all working on. And I was sitting here making notes as we came on here tonight. But. Those were a couple of guys. Uh, I'll tell you this, Nair Daniels, the, the Georgia 2024 offensive tackle commit was there. And I'm standing there with four or five guys that covered Georgia recruiting uh, on the on the beat. And we're standing there and you're looking at 200 recruits now and from different age, different range ages, uh, you know, from different classes and things like that. He comes out of the locker. He comes out of the, the recruiting office and comes down those steps. And this dude is every bit of six, seven and a half. And he is a monster. I mean, this dude is a monster. He looked like to me the first time I ever saw Isaiah Wilson. You know, like just a just a massive, massive human being. And first thing you think is how in the hell is this guy in high school? So uh, God bless those kids that are going against that every day and practicing on Friday nights up there in, in New Jersey. But uh, this is a young man that Georgia got committed, and uh, he, he is going to be. Uh, I was standing on the field during, during the warmups, and right there, the offensive line works out right there by the by the entrance. And you look at those guys, and they're so big. And Nair Daniels walks by them, and he's still like the biggest dude over there. I was like, this guy's a monster. So uh, when you look at him, I will say this too. One one quick note. Um, Amarius Mims comes out with with no um, no boot on. He's not on a scooter. Doesn't have his leg in a in a scooter. Anything. Um, he's walking around in tennis shoes, and that that is very good news for Georgia. I know I know everyone's shooting for Florida. That's kind of the if if things go well, you don't really know with with you know the tightrope surgery on someone like that big and 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 what he can handle, but. Um, that is very good news for Georgia. And let me say now, the offensive line is playing great, but Amarius Mims is an NFL first-rounder next year. So to get him back in the lineup for that stretch run would be huge. But when he walked out last night, we all turned around and looked and said, damn, he looks good. Like, there was no hitching his giddy up. He had on a pair of tennis shoes and socks, no brace, anything. 
he's walking around an entire night. He was all over the field, walking around, was in the huddle, towel on, getting the crowd going. That's really, really good news. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the, you got Vanderbilt this week, you got a bye week. Um, you know, it, it feels like a very real chance to be back by Florida. And then um, if not, you know, uh, getting back. And the, and the good thing is, is in his, in his stead, you know, Georgia's gotten a couple left guards. Some stuff, you know, now next year, let's say all of them leave, right? Let's say everybody yep. leaves but Ernest Green. Yep. You don't really feel like you're, you're you don't feel like you're breaking in new starters at guards anymore. Jared Wilson played yeah, some yeah, last Jared night. Wilson. Yeah, Jared Wilson got some snaps. Now we yeah, he's got to work on the snaps. Yeah. He had yeah, a few little, low ones. Little, 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 you gotta understand that man come that man was the last thing he was thinking is I'm about to be playing. The next thing you know, he's over there, he comes out of a timeout and he's snapping, but Got to work on that, man. He he is uh, that is a put together dude too, man. When you see him in person, yeah, no doubt. And offensive line man played played really well. Let's get into the dog stocks um, to wrap this bad boy up. And I listen. I'm going to go first because I'm going to stay with the offensive line, and I'm going to stay with the offensive line in such a way as this. Um, Georgia challenged their offensive line going into last night's game, and I'll tell you why. Rusty brought up Dion Walker. The, the big, massive defensive lineman out of Michigan for Kentucky. Um, you know, giant mountain of a man. All right. And, and he, he has played really well this year. Um, Georgia's first run play was centered right between the, the one side of the zero on his chest and the other. They ran right at him. And, uh, you know, Xavier Trust gives, gives him a little bump to help Tate Rattledge get position. And Tate Rattledge takes him seven yards downfield. A phenomenal, really good football player. Georgia challenged that offensive line yesterday. They weren't going to shy away from Deion Walker. Um, they weren't scared of Kentucky's defensive line. And and you know, listen, it was last year. Um, you know, folks really forget. There's some short memories. It's I've I've seen this with Arian Smith. Everybody wants to bench Arian Smith. He's got brick hands. He's got butter fingers. He's terrible. Y'all, Lab McConkey dropped about six or seven passes this time last year. Had two fumbles and a muff punt. And y'all were ready to bench him too. And I don't, I think not doing that turned out to be a pretty good decision. And they're going to need Arian Smith too. Well, um, you know, folks have been all over that offensive line. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you go back and read the stuff from last year, search it, you'll see an offensive line that really didn't gel, really didn't get rolling. And I don't know why. And listen, it, it is what it is. Georgia's, Georgia's six and oh right now. So it's, it's, you know, moot point. Um, but it was about October last year before Georgia's offensive line got going. And when it got going, it was the strength of the football team. And uh, I think that was a big-time confidence builder for Georgia. And I want to say hats off Tate Rattledge, not for that block, but he got real serious earlier this earlier in the week on Monday yep. when he was asked. He actually even paused before he talked about it because I think he was maybe trying to gather his thoughts a little bit. But he was like, we got to be better against the run. We got to be better in the run game, and that's on me. Um, got real serious about that, and I think uh, I think Georgia's arrow is pointing up on the offensive line, and uh, now be a good time to buy a few uh, a few shares of that. I'm not gonna lie, I kept thinking was man if zero was playing for Georgia right now, holy moly, that that guy in the middle for them, and um, yeah, he's got some pad level things at times because he's so freaking big. But my God, when that dude anchors down, they I mean they, they he they're not moving him. You know what I mean? Like he takes up two guys. Um, and it was funny because I was standing on about the 25 and they had a timeout at one time trying to spot the ball or something. And he just standing over the, over the huddle. And like, he, I mean, he's looking down everybody 
on, on in that interior for Georgia. And those are some big dudes right there. You know what I mean? So uh, zero zero has got he's going to be a really good Sunday player. But you know, I think he got some things that kind of you know probably got reinforced last night of hey, you got to I don't care who you are, you got to have hat placement and leverage in, in a big boy game. And and uh, they got into him pretty good a little bit. Who's next? Who's who's next on the? Uh, I'll go. The, I'll uh, go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Uh, Stock up and um, I'll I'll go stock up on uh, Kamari Laster and here's why I say this because we never talk about him you know what I mean and the reason we don't talk about him because people don't throw at him and he's earned that right not to get targets but last night he did had a couple of balls he had two or three balls thrown at him and um, you know he's he's just so he's just so um, he's there like he he is an experienced a uh, college player. He can run. He's got some length on him, but he's physical, man. And, and uh, you know, he tackles in space. I watched him yesterday take on a guard and, um, I mean, take on a, a pulling guard. And I thought, man, any scout that watches that play is going to watch that play more than him breaking up that first ball in the first series that threw it him at the, at the right side because that, that shows you're not afraid to stick your face up in there. And uh, I just think that Kamari Laster, he's another one. You might only have two more times to watch him play because he probably could be a candidate to to be a to be an NFL guy here in, in the spring. So uh, you look at Kamari Lassiter, young man. It, I remember driving over to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He texted me. We talked. He said, "Hey, can you come film my commitment video?" And I thought, "My God, I'm driving to Tuscaloosa, Alabama." I mean, I'm when I tell you I got off on the exit at the University of Alabama. That's the exit I got off at. I mean, this dude lives. 10 minutes from that campus and great kid. And he's standing there and he's like, you know, we're going to shoot a quick video. He didn't really know what he wanted to do. I, we did a story, did a quick video. And he said, what if I turn a backflip and say, go dogs? I said, okay. And he's just standing there literally. And the dude in street clothes turns a backflip, lands on his feet, puts a hat on and says, go dogs. I'm thinking this, this dude, different athlete here. You know what I mean? And, uh, but really good kid, and uh, I think that he just doesn't get any mentions right now because, shoot, man, he just shuts his skill. He shoot, he shuts down a lot of his – I, I wouldn't say he's quite good as Eric Stokes because nobody has that real long 10-4 speed. Kamari's not like that. But it reminds me a lot of Stokes in that, that last year. He played in Athens where you just didn't you just didn't mess with that side. You did not want to go over there. Uh, and that's why Tyson Campbell got so many daggum targets. Everybody was throwing over there because they didn't want to mess with Stokes. Well, and it's it's why Dalen Everett is getting targeted so much, and hundred percent. And you know, I I think that that's a good thing for Georgia that, because that is. you yep. know, as you look towards next year, you know, if Kamari is gone and and Dalen is your number one corner, um, or or one of your starting corners going into the season, you feel pretty good about how how he's been tested. And then you've got the same question, same situation again on the opposite side of him. Although, you know, with, with uh, Julian Humphrey getting some reps, you know, splitting some time with Dalen Everett, he's probably got a little bit more experience than what Everett did coming into this year. Um, I will stay on that same topic for my dog stock um, with the Georgia defense. And, and you know, it's it's a story I wrote today, quoted Kamari Lasseter in it. Um, primarily, Jamon Dumas Johnson is who I'm going with. Um, but Georgia and, and the defense remaining adamant that there's more in the tank. They are a tough group to figure out right now because, 
you know, they, they get the job done. You know, it's not like they've got a ton of sacks. It's not like they're making a ton of plays, but they make the plays that they're supposed to. Um, and, and they get off the field when they're supposed to. Yesterday was a bounce-back performance for them, obviously giving up over 200 yards to Auburn, coming back into that, um, you know, and, and shutting Ray Davis down in the way that they did, um, you know, and, and limiting him. You know, he made some plays, obviously, but, um, you know, they they shut him down for the most part um, and, and limited his impact. They are adamant that there is more in the tank. Um, and, and this quote that stood out to me um, from Jamon was, this is what our defense looks like on a good day. We have bad days. Everybody has bad days. But that is what our defense looks like on a good day. There's more to come. So more to come. Uh, you know, there's there's room for improvement. Kamari Lassiter said so. Malachi Starks added to that. Um, but having a Jamon Dumas Johnson statement like that, um, somebody that's absolutely a leader of that defense, uh, uh, you know, the man in the middle of it all, he had himself a really good night. He said he's been, you know, a couple weeks ago we talked to him, I think it was after the South Carolina game, and he said, you know, hey, I've been average to start the season. And, and um, you know, hearing a player being that self-aware um, is impressive. And, you know, for to him to bounce back from, you know, what he considered to be an average start to having a sack and a half last night and, um, you know, having four tackles, being among the team leaders there, um, you know, he continues to come along. And, and I think that that's big for this Georgia defense as they pursue and stride towards that uh, that potential that they've got. Pop had a great game, best game he's had this year by far, and um, that that's really good news. And I don't think any of us kind of suspect, expect that that was going to be anything different as him. At some point, he was going to play up to what we saw last year. But man, he he had some extra juice to him on on Saturday. Yeah, and they needed it. They they yeah. definitely needed it. And uh, they started a little bit slow. Probably slow started slow on defense for the. Uh, for one of the first times this year, but um, man, they they sure did get it corrected. And you know, looking through the uh, looking through the game thread over at uh, the dog walk, man, um, uh, you know, concerns about the defense and everything. George gave up 185, 186 yards total on Saturday, so let's not be too critical. Um, Kentucky gets scholarships too, and um, you know they 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 got some pretty good football players. That listen, that's that's not your granddad's Kentucky. They had some players, that's some guys dinged up too, um, but some some talented players on that offense, and uh, they made some plays, and and Georgia made some plays too. I like Kentucky over Missouri this week already. Yeah, I do too. I, I do too. I think Kentucky coming off of a game like that, talking to Mark Stoops um, after the game, who said more than one time, I thought it was real interesting. Um, who who you know it's the second time in two three weeks we've heard this that Georgia's kind of putting some things together you know and and yeah. uh, that to me um you know other coaches know that stuff they can pick that stuff out they know what it looks like so um you know I, i'm i'm really interested to see what's left for this Georgia team they got Vanderbilt that's coming Saturday 32 and a half point favorite 31 and a half depending on what book you're looking at um you know so uh, you know it's a chance to kind of keep the ball rolling and go into the bye week real strong. We'll have it covered for you. We got Bark After Dark coming tomorrow night with special guest Gentry Estes. Um, he uh, he is a Nashvillean now. Is uh, I believe he's for the, with the Tennessean. Is that right, Rusty? Yeah, he's yeah, a lead, lead driver for the Titans. Uh, mine and Rusty's former colleague. We were uh, <laughs> part of a staff uh, over at uh, over at uh, Dogs Twenty Four Seven at one point, so we all mm -hmm. know each other real well. I'm mm -hmm. um, going to be talking with him, and then uh, Wes awesome. will be back. Thank God. 
Wes will be back with us on Wednesday. No offense to Palmer, who's doing a phenomenal job of uh, producing, but I'm talking about from hosting standpoint. Ad reads will go a little bit smoother, guys. One hundred percent, and you won't have a a complete redneck um, hosting the show anymore. So um, I'm sure that'll be helpful for everybody. But for this episode of the Georgia Show, we'll catch you later on. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.